done for this year and kind of look at, at some stuff. And then this coming Friday, Friday, January the 13th. Yes, it's Friday the 13th, but we're not going to worry too much about that, are we? Uh, we're going to plan a family game night, all right? Uh, that evening we'll have games, fellowship, food, fun, the whole stuff. But bring some snacks to share with everybody and uh, bring some board games. We'll set up tables and stuff. You guys can play checkers or chess or whatever and um, play for quarters. Or, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, but come, hang out, have some fun. If you want to bring uh, cornhole boards or anything, you're welcome to do that. We've also got the youth room that has a, a carpet ball and foosball. And so we, we can have some fun and hang out, just enjoy some good fellowship, all right? And then Sunday, January 22nd, that's a few Sundays away from now, we've got a missionary who's going to be with us, uh, Justin Bushy. He'll be teaching Sunday school that morning, and then he'll be presenting uh, his mission work in the prisons during the worship service, all right? So make plans to be there for that. It's always good to have a missionary with us. And then Sunday, January the 29th, that morning, we'll be having the Lord's Supper. And so make plans to be here for that as well. But thankful for the new year, thankful for what the Lord's doing, and I'm great, uh, grateful that we can gather and worship the Lord today. We've got a lot of folks who are out sick today, recovering from different sicknesses and things and all that stuff. Lots of stuff still going around, so let's remember them in prayer, and let's ask the Lord to meet with us today. Right, let's go, Lord, in prayer. God, we love you. We thank you for this day. We thank you that we can gather, we can worship you, we can praise you. God, we thank you for the safety that you allowed us to be here. God, we thank you for the work that you're doing to bring recovery to those who need it, to help heal the sick. We thank you, God, that you would allow us to come here today to gather as the body of Christ, to worship you, to adore you, to praise you, Lord, as well, to fellowship with one another. God, I pray that today that you would meet the need of every heart. If there's someone today who needs to be saved, Lord, I pray that you would just reveal the gospel to them, Lord, that you would draw them to repentance and faith, that they would believe that they would be born again. God, we do pray if there's one believer who's struggling with whatever it might be today, God, that you would you reach down, touch their hearts, or minds. God, I pray that you would prepare the soil of every heart. God, that we would receive your word today by faith. We, we pray that today everything that we would say and do, everything that we would sing, everything that would be preached today, that God, every moment of this day, every moment of our life, God, would bring you glory and honor of what you deserve. We love you and we thank you for this time and we give it to you now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I was going to pick it to pastor a little bit. Got to be careful, I'll get in trouble. I'll probably stay in trouble with him. <laughs> but I was going to say he didn't want to say it out loud, but he's got some one-armed bandits going to be out there that game night. No, nah, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, as I said, good morning. Please stand if you're able. And we'll start our singing and worship unto the Lord. I'll fly away, hymn number 779. Hymn number 779. Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 5, 8, We are confident, I say, and willing, rather, to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. So one day, if we see it or don't see it, we're going to get there one way or another. But if we die in this flesh and the Lord returns, either way, we're going to see him. I'll fly away some glad morning. Some glad morning when this life is o'er, I'll fly away to a home on God's celestial shore.
morning when I die, hallelujah, by and by, I'll fly away. When the shadows of this life have gone, I'll fly away. Like a bird from prison bars have flown, I'll fly away. Just noticed something. I confess my faults this morning. I can see that pretty good now. April has made the print pretty big, so I'm transitioning to try to see that. Okay, and that's kind of messing me up a little bit here with my paperwork. So apologize for that, but I am bragging on April for getting that print a little bigger back Amen. there. As the deer, hymn number, <laughs> hymn number 548, uh, and remain standing if you're able. Psalm 42:1 tells us. To the chief musician, Maskil, for the sons of Korah, as the heart panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. As the deer, and the heart and the deer is the same thing. Thank you. 
Send the light, hymn number 437. 2 Corinthians 4, 6 tells us, For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Send the light. There's a call comes ringing o'er the restless waves. Send the light, send the light. There are souls to rescue, there are souls to save. Send the light, send the light. Send the light, the blessed gospel light. Let it shine from shore to shore. Send the light, the blessed gospel light, let it shine forevermore. Let us pray that grace may everywhere abound. Send the light, send the light, and a Christ-like spirit everywhere be found. Send the light, send the light. shine from shore to shore send the light the blessed gospel light let it shine forevermore amen and it will shine forevermore all right this is our greeting time and to earn the right to sit down i'm just picking now <laughs> go around and shake everybody's hand if you feel comfortable doing it. if not stay where you are and somebody will come to you Share a smile and a hello and a welcome to each and every one. It's good to have everyone out here today. Thank you.
Okay. I'll give y'all a little extra time this morning because I forgot to get back up here. <laughs> Nothing wrong with fellowship, oh, in Christ. Amen. All right, we have some special music now by Larry Davis, Teddy, and Turner, and uh, Tony Hicks. Y'all come on. Sing as unto the Lord for his honor and his glory. Teddy wants to do a song for his dad this morning. His dad, Noel Turner, supposed to be watching on live stream. And uh, I don't know if you all are aware of it or not, but uh, his dad's under hospice care right now, and uh, he, his time is short. But he wanted to, he wanted to watch Teddy sing a song for him. And so, Ted, we've done this song before, and uh, but, you know, the main message in the song is, Pray for each other, you know, because uh, we go through a lot of stuff in this life, and, and uh, prayer is one of the good things that uh, we can do for each other, and so uh, just pray for each other, and, and Teddy, are you nervous? Nope. <laughs> well, I am. <laughs>
just lift his name up to Jesus. Let's help each other make it home. Cause it'll be worth it after all. But God sent Elijah to make his word known. He said, woman, don't you worry, for God sent me today. And before you even ask, help us on the way. Now troubles of this life combine and burdens get you down. You think no one is listening. You think no one's around. Just remember what his word says. Trust him and obey. Just keep your eyes toward heaven. Cause help is on the way. Just hold on a little longer. Help is on the way. A brighter day is coming for those who believe and 
Amen. Thank y'all. We appreciate that. We got a real blessing out of that. Okay, let's go to the Lord in prayer now. And if you would, bow and pray with me. Precious God and Heavenly Father, we love you because you first loved us. Thank you, Lord, for this time. We can come and assemble together and worship you in song, Lord, and in, uh, in, uh, preaching of your word. We ask, Lord, to everything said and done please you and bring honor and glory to you. We pray, Lord, that you would help our pastor, Lord, to preach your word and give the message that you've given him to your people and help us to be attentive, give us ears to hear, Lord, and help us to be obedient unto thy word. And, Lord, help us to be changed here today from meeting, Lord, in your name and assembling together. I pray, Lord, and hearing your word preached, we pray, Lord, we walk out of this place today a different person, changed for the better, Lord, by the Spirit of God and by your power. Lord, uh, remember all those that are sick and afflicted right now, some with COVID. We, Lord, lift them up to you and ask, Lord, you touch their bodies. Many, many, Lord, in, that's represented here in the families, we pray, Lord, that you touch and heal and, Lord, just restore those that are sick and, Lord, not doing well. And many, many, Lord, uh, uh, that, are, that are sick. So we lift them up to you. You're the great physician and the healer, Lord, please, please help them. Lord, please continue to help and bless in the remainder of the service here today. And uh, we'll give, give you all the praise, honor, and glory, and be faithful to do that. In Jesus' name we pray and ask all things. Amen. Okay, if you're able, we're going to sing one more song here. Show Us Christ, a beautiful, beautiful song. Uh, John 6. 68 and 69 tells us, Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life, and we believe and are sure that thou art that Christ, the Son of the living God. Help us, Lord, to see you as Simon Peter saw you there. Show us Christ.
Well, the very purpose for every worship service, the very purpose for every time that we gather as the body of Christ, the very reason why and motivation for opening up His Word as an individual with your devotions, with your family and prayer time, the very purpose of life itself in this life, in the very Christian life that we live the life of the church, it is to see Christ revealed. Today, I've got no other message than that. We've got no other motivation than that. We've got no other purpose than to see 
Christ. Today, if you've come for any other reason, I'm afraid that your reason's just not going to cut it. We need to see Christ. We must not only know Jesus Christ in our minds, in our knowledge, in our education, but in an experience. And I'm not talking about emotionalism. I'm not talking about you know, swinging from chandeliers or anything like that. I'm talking about knowing Christ. And when you know Him and you trust Him, it is because He has revealed Himself to you through His Word, through His Holy Spirit that has drawn you to Him and that He eclipses everything else in your life. Nothing else matters but Christ. No one else can compare to Jesus. Nothing matters in the life of the church except to see Christ more and more. Nothing matters in your individual life as a believer than to see and to know Christ more and more so that then He in your life would be known by others. Today, what we're getting into is sort of a new series that the Lord has led me to for us to see God is responding to God's revealing. Before we get deep into this, take your Bible and turn with me to Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter number 3. We've got to understand that God is always revealing Himself to His creation. He is always revealing Himself to us in His Word. However, you and I, even the most saved of saved souls in this place, are not always responding to God's revealing. There is only one true response to when God reveals Himself to us, and that is faith. It is only faith in His revealing Himself to us that saves a soul. It is only uh, the response of faith that as He reveals Himself to us beyond salvation that we begin to grow in sanctification. It is only a response of faith to God's revealing that we can know and rest assured that we will one day fly away, if you will, with Him. That we shall meet the Lord. That we shall see Him face to face. Today, the Lord would love nothing more than not just to reveal Christ to you today, that you might be saved, but to reveal Christ to you today, that you would be sanctified, that you would find freedom in the Christian life, that you would find freedom to gather and be a part of the body of Christ as we respond to Him the only way that we can. God speaks. God reveals. And the only response that you and I should have is faith. It is this theme that we will see. It is Faith that applies all things into the life of the Christian. I cannot apply a message for you. You must believe God at what He has said, what He has revealed, what He has declared, what He has commanded, what He has spoken, what He desires. And as we saw last week looking in the the book of Jeremiah, God delights in revealing Himself to His people and His people simply to know Him. And as we talked about last week, to know Him is to trust Him. Every Christian not only must know and trust Him there for salvation, but then the rest of the Christian life is so simple. Here it is. You know and trust Him more and more through great wonderful mountaintop moments where you could not be closer to Him and that you know and you trust Him when the world collapses around you and you've got nothing. To know Him is everything. To trust Him. To put your faith 
in Him is everything. Here in Exodus chapter number 3, we're going to find another case of God revealing Himself to an individual. God desires to reveal Himself to every individual in this room this morning. God desires to reveal Himself once more to His church because the only vision that we can ever or should ever have is Christ. Because if church ceases to be about Christ, it ceases to be church. If the Christian life ceases to be about Christ and Christ alone, it ceases to be Christian. It is only existing. It is merely going through the the ebbs and flows of life and just trying to merely exist. And you and I are called and given a life by Jesus Christ Himself, a life of abundance. Maybe not in wisdom and wealth and riches that the world would call, but the greatest wealth that you and I have, as we saw last week, is that we know God. To know Him means that we are far more rich than anyone in this world. To know Christ is everything. Exodus chapter 3, verse 13 through 15 this morning. Moses is speaking to God, not because Moses was able to find God, but because God found Moses on the backside of a desert, in the wilderness. He's ran from his mistakes. Moses has ran from his problems. He has ran from his people who were there in Egypt. And he finds himself alone with God. The greatest place that you and I could ever be is alone with God. And we must rediscover such. Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers hath sent me unto you, and they shall say to me, What is His name? What shall I say unto them? And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And He said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. And God said moreover unto Moses, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, hath sent me unto you. This is my name forever. And this is my memorial unto all generations. Let us pray. Lord God, we come to you now. We thank You that we can sing Your praises. We thank You that we can sing something such as what You would have us to sing, and that's that Christ would be revealed to us today. Lord, I pray nothing else except for that. God, that no one would hear or see Me, but that they would see and hear the words of Christ, Your words, as You revealed Yourself to Moses, reveal Yourself to us, as You reveal Yourself to Your people all throughout the Scripture, You would take the same Scripture and reveal Christ to us and that we would respond today by faith alone, that we would trust You at Your Word, that we would trust You, that You and You alone are enough. God, I pray that You would rid us of all distractions of our heart, of our mind, and God, that You would be glorified and honored today. In Jesus' name, Amen. If we are to know Christ and to make Him known, that we must have a response of faith to God's revelation of Himself. This Bible is not a list of do's and don'ts. God did not just give us a list of commands of what good living is like and what bad living is like. Is some of that in there? Oh, absolutely. But I will tell you this. This book from cover to cover 
is God's revelation of Himself to His people. It is God's revealing of Him saying, this is who I am, this is what I am like, this is what I require, this is what I expect, this is what I command, this is what I delight in, this is my revelation to you. Now you and I, all of, in, all of us in this morning would probably say, if we raised our hand, how many of you believe that this is God's Word? Well, of course everybody's raising your hand, absolutely. You want to know if you really believe that? Let suffering come your way. Let trials come. You want to know if you really believe this book? Get yourself to the place where you disagree with a part that you just don't like because it hurts a little. Or it requires something of you that you go, I just, I don't know about that one. We have to get to this understanding where if we believe that this is God's Word, what does it mean when we say this is God's Word? This is His revealing of Himself to us. Now when you and I say, I believe that's God's Word, that's wonderful. That's a response of faith, but faith requires us now to not merely say intellectually, I believe that this is a special book, a different book, a different kind of book, a preserved book, or even a good book or a helpful book, but that this is the book. There is no other. This is God's revelation of Himself. And the only response to His Word is not merely to say, yes, that is the Bible, yes, that is the Word of God, but now, by faith, that it is applied to our heart because God has revealed, now we respond. And the only response, the only true response that there can be, if you expect to know Him, if you expect to make Him known, if you expect to be of usefulness, if you expect to make it through times of trials and the fiery ones to come, it must be by faith. Grace reveals. And faith responds. It is God's grace that He reveals Himself to us. It is a gift of which we do not deserve. Do we understand the privilege of prayer? That every time we go to prayer, that we are not merely speaking to a heavenly Father or to a man upstairs. We are speaking to the only God of creation who holds every molecule and atom of which the naked eye cannot see in existence, who is formed and fashioned us in our mother's womb who sent His Son to die on the cross of our sins, who has been revealed by Christ Himself, the God-man, Jesus, the Son of God, the Son of Man, who lived a sinless life, who died a sinner's death, though He did no sin, He died in a sinner's place. Sin placed upon Him. The punishment for sin placed upon Him. That, that He received wrath so that I could receive mercy. This is God's revelation. I would not know Christ if God had not revealed Christ in His Word. I've never seen Jesus face to face. I never saw Him heal the blind, but I believe it. I never saw Him raise the dead, but I believe it. I didn't see Him die and bleed and give up His life and lay it down for us. I didn't watch that happen, but I believe it because God has revealed it. I didn't see Him be lowered into a borrowed tomb. I didn't see Him on a third day raise again victorious over hell, death, and the grave. But I believe it because God has revealed it. 
There is no salvation or sanctification or victory or peace or comfort without responding to what God has already revealed. And everything that you and I need from the Lord, He has freely given in Christ, in His Word, and by the power of His Spirit that now draws us daily, moment by moment, to know Christ according to His Word. Because you will never know Christ outside of His Word, nor by your own intellect, your own strength, your own works, your own power, your own thoughts or opinions. God's grace has revealed, and now faith, your faith must respond to Him. God desires that you would know Him. He desires that you would make Him known, but God directs how we can know Him and make Him known. God reveals, we respond. A.W. Tozer put it this way, all the problems of heaven and earth, though they were to confront us together, and at once, would be nothing compared with the overwhelming problem of God. That He is, what He is like, and what we as moral beings must do about Him. It is not merely enough to know Him intellectually or to even think about what He's like. I would guarantee that anyone that has been in church more than, I don't know, a year of their life, five years of their life, can tell me different attributes about God. We would say God is good. God is love. God is light. God is full of grace and mercy and judgment, wrath, even anger. God is holy. God is perfect. God is all-knowing and all-powerful and all-present. And we could rattle off all of these things. But faith that responds to those things is a faith that is used of God. Faith that not only says in their minds, educationally, I know that God is love, or I believe, I I know that, that God is this, or that God is that because He said it. Faith applies it to the heart and says, because God is holy, He crushed His Son. Because God is loving, He gave me life in His Son. And notice that all of these things, there is a because part that can only be received and applied by faith. If you want to know how to live today, be here. And God is not giving you just a whole book of do this, don't do that, but this is who I am. This is what I am like. This is what I have done. This is what I am doing. This is what I will do. Now, what will you do with it? Your Christian life hinges upon it. This church, your family, this community hinges upon what you do to God's revelation of Himself. The whole of the life of the Christian is respond by faith to what God has revealed. God is always revealing. Not outside of His Word, but deeper and deeper into His Word as we grow to know Him. The whole of the life of the church is to respond by faith to what God has revealed. Today, when we look at this passage, we find that God has revealed Himself not just to Moses. He is about to re-reveal Himself to His covenant people Israel. And in this passage, He is revealing something about who He is, what He is like, what He has done, what He is doing, and what He will do. 
to you and I. Today we're going to see that God is unending and unchanging. The very fact that God is unending and unchanging should cause our hearts to rejoice and to trust Him evermore. It should lead us more and more into a dependence upon Him because I can tell you this about me. If you want to know something about Pastor Joe, he's going to end one day. You say, hopefully sometime this morning. (laughs) And I know this, that I'm changing. And I'm not always changing for the best. You and I are not constant. We live in temporary lives in a temporary world, in a temporary nation, with temporary bank accounts and temporary cars. And all the while we are constantly, not temporarily, ever-changing up and down as the wind blows. But God is not. Let's look at the context here, back up to verse 1 to 13, to help us out here. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert. Y'all know where that's at? That's, that's over in Dugsburg. <laughs> Just kidding. Backside of the desert's out in the middle of nowhere. This is off to himself. It is a desert place. It says, And came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. There are those today who say, it doesn't mean necessarily that the bush was on fire, but yet not consumed it perhaps means that he saw a mirage or that the way the dirt was and the dust was and the light was, that it just simply made it look spectacular. What has God revealed in this passage? That he showed up in a bush that was burned with fire and it was not consumed. Because only God can do that. Because only God is God. And when the Lord saw, excuse me, verse 3, and Moses said, I will now turn aside and see the great sight why the bush is not burnt. There's the response. God reveals. And Moses has miles and miles of desert to look at. He's got a flock to attend to. But you know what catches his eye? Something he ain't never seen before. He's seen wilderness and desert, and he's seen them sheep every day now for years. But he's never seen a bush that is on fire but is not consumed. Because Moses has never seen the Lord. Not in this way. What we find is that God is doing what? Revealing. And then it says, And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight why the bush is not burnt. Now Moses is responding. God is always revealing Himself. You say, well, I ain't never seen a bush like that before. No, you've seen something greater. Right now, if you have a copy of God's Word in your hands, on your phone, you have something even more spectacular. God's breathed out, preserved, inspired, inerrant, infallible, and sufficient Word. Full, final, and complete. Verse 4. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called out unto him out of the midst of the bush. That's how you know it's no ordinary bush. 
Moses, Moses. And he said, here am I. And he said, draw not nigh hither. There's a separation. Put off thy shoes from off thy feet for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. Was there something special about the mountain or the bush? He said, well, yeah, the bush was on fire and it wasn't consumed. Yeah, because of God. Why was the mountain called the mountain of God? Because God was there. God's revealing presence is the difference. It is as well a divider. Because only those that respond to His revealing by faith can know Him. And praise God, before we go any further, in the Lord Jesus Christ, in Jesus Christ, we now can draw hither. There was a time and a place where you and I could not enter into the presence of God, but because Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, came to this world, died a death of which I should have died and you should have died, paid the price of which none of us could pay, and was resurrected the third day according to the Scripture, you and I may now freely come. Thank God for the cross. Thank God for the empty tomb. And thank God that Christ is far better and greater than Moses or anyone else that has ever been or ever will be. God reveals Himself some more. In verse 6, Moreover, He said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. I believe furthermore here what we have is what we would call a Christophany. This is Christ appearing to Moses, the pre-incarnate Christ, in all of His glory and all of His beauty, in all of which you and I just sang earlier that we wish to see. Of which the way in which God would love to reveal Himself to us. The Lord said, I surely have seen the affliction of My people which are in Egypt and have heard their cry by reasons of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. That's who God is. He's a God who knows their sorrows. He's a God who knows your sorrows. He's a God who sees you right where you are. This is the revelation of God. What's your response? It must be to trust Him. And I came, and I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land unto a good land and a large unto a land flowing with milk and honey unto the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. Whew. Now therefore behold the cry of the children of Israel is come unto me. And I have also seen the oppression with the Egyptians oppress them. Come now therefore and I will send thee. Let me help y'all with that word thee. You. He says this to Moses. I will send you unto Pharaoh that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. And Moses said unto God, Who am I? That I should go unto Pharaoh, that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt. And he said, Certainly, I will be with thee. And this shall be a token unto thee that I have sent thee when thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt, ye shall serve God upon this mountain. God reveals Himself. 
God reveals who He is, what He is like, what He has done. How do you know what, is he, what has He done? He was the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He made a covenant with them and He kept this covenant. What is He doing? I'm coming to deliver my people out of the hand of the wicked Egyptians. I will deliver them and you're going to do it. And that's something. Everything that you do in your Christian life for the Lord, it is God saying, I will do it through you. Moses had not the capability nor the ability, but availability made the difference. That's what makes the difference in our life today. It is a response to God's revealing. He continues and he says, I've revealed to you now what I'm going to do. I'm going to deliver and I'm going to take you to something far greater. A land flowing with milk and honey. A place of prosperity. A place that is designed and set out for you and my people. And you're going to do it. Moses says, who am I? And then God puts a cherry on top and says, certainly, I will be with thee. That's enough, isn't it? To know that we serve a God who is present with us. That should be enough for Moses to go, well, let's pack up the bags. Come on, sheep. Let's go. we got to go down to Pharaoh. You and I have been revealed by God Himself. You and I say these things because according to His Word, He tells us, I will never leave thee. I will never forsake thee. But how does that get applied to your life? It's going, Lord, I feel alone. Lord, I am on the backside of a desert and I feel forgotten by all, forsaken by many. But God, I know, I trust Your Word that You have said, that You have revealed, that You have declared, that You are yet with me. Therefore, I have nothing to fear. Therefore, I can keep going. Faith is taking God at His Word. Faith is trusting in the Word of God, the work of God. And that is the very will of God. In verse 13, God is revealing Himself to His people so that they may respond to Him and receive all that He has to give them. Not just that land, but even Himself. Do you know this today, dear Christian, that God has given you Himself? There is no greater gift that God could give than Christ. And He's given Him to us. There is nothing else that He could ever give to us that could top giving us Himself. Revealing Himself to us. Now, what is the greatest need of the children of Israel in Egypt? In chapter 3. Is it to be delivered from the taskmasters? Is it to see that slavery would come to an end? Is it even to be delivered from their hands and into a better land? No. The greatest thing for them is to respond by trusting in who God is and what He's like. Moses says to God in verse 13, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel and say unto them, The God of your fathers has sent you, they shall say unto me, What is His name? Now, first of all, he's about to reveal his name once more, but they've known this name over and over and over again because it's throughout Genesis and Exodus. It's been passed down from generation to generation that he is the Lord, Yahweh, Jehovah, 
the Lord. So what's Moses asking here? Did they forget the name of God? No, they've been crying out. Moses is saying, what am I going to say that you are like? That's what gives confidence. There are plenty of people who know the name of Jesus, but have no comfort for eternity because they don't know Jesus. Do you see the difference? There are plenty of people who know the name of God and yet do not know Him. What is He like? Who is He? Where is He? What does He do? What has He said? What does He require? And here, their question, as Moses says, would be, what does the name of God mean and signify in the circumstance that I am in? You tell me His name. Well, tell me who He is and what He's like because right now, I'm in slavery. Things couldn't be worse. So if this God is going to deliver me, I need to know why I can trust Him to do so. And God gives us this today. He tells Moses. He doesn't say, I want you to tell him that I'm nice. I want you to tell him that I'm trustworthy. Or, or tell him, pretty please, just listen to me just this one time. No. He says something better. He tells Moses, tell them. You tell them. I am that I am. First today, our greatest need is that we would have a faithful response to God's revealing. God is unending. God is unending. The word I am, even I am that I am, it is the root word for Yahweh or Jehovah itself. It has the meaning to be. It is the one who is. He is eternal. He is infinite. He is self-existent. He is the uncreated creator of heaven and earth. He is the one who is before all things and by whom all things exist. It is the one of Jesus Christ that tells us in Colossians chapter 1, that He was before all things, and that He created all things and sustains all things, and that nothing in this world exists without Him. I am that I am. He is the unending God. He is unending because He has no beginning. But He holds the beginning and the ending in His hands. That means He knows your beginning and your ending. And if He knows your beginning and your ending, He knows where you are in the middle of your story, in the middle of your life, in the middle of your circumstances, in the middle of your sin, in the middle of all your tribulation, affliction, and sorrow, in the middle of all of your doubt and uncertainty. And He says, this is who I am. And why does He do such? Because I know that I can trust in a God who is unending. If he had a beginning, I couldn't trust him. If he had an ending, I couldn't trust him. But because he speaks the beginning and there was a beginning, and because at the very beginning he was already preparing and knew the ending, I can trust that God. And for Moses and for Israel, when they hear Yahweh, I am that I am, 
I am the self-existing one, the uncreated one, the unending one. They go, well, if he's unending and he said he's going to deliver me, that means that this slavery is temporary. This trial is temporary. This affliction is temporary. But he is not. I can trust in him. Dwight Pentecost helps out to understand this word, I am. In the Hebrew, he says it contains each tense. And this is interesting. It contains each tense of the verb to be. It could be translated, I was, I am, and I shall continue to be. Meaning God is God. He is unending. The same God that was there before Genesis 1-1 will be the same God who is unending forever and forever and forever. Nothing is more comforting to Moses or us than to know that God, His revealing of His character and involvement in our life knows no end. You may feel that you've come to an end. You may feel that you just can't see, that you're uncertain, that you're struggling, whatever it might be. That's wonderful. That is a great place to be. Because that's where God reveals Himself. Moses, notice this, wasn't in the palace of Pharaoh. As a matter of fact, he would, had ran because of what could have happened to him. He had murdered a man. Here he finds himself on the backside of the desert, and this unending God is bringing Moses to the end of himself so that he can have a true knowledge, a true dependence upon the God who has no ending. That's the great need of our day. <coughs> you say, Moses was used mightily of God. You know why? Because he responded to God's revealing. Not because Moses had strength. Not because Moses had the talents or the wits or the bravery. As a matter of fact, all throughout Moses' life, we're going to find quite the opposite. At times he was disobedient. He could be hot-headed. He could be unfaithful and uncertain. But yet, the slightest, weakest of faith in an unending God is enough in the midst of trials and storms and mountaintops and everywhere else in between. God is without beginning or ending, and it's because He is able to dwell in both the beginning and the ending. He is there who holds it all together when we can't hold ourselves together. If we can't hold ourselves together, then who do you think we ought to trust? The one who holds all things, who is unending. Because He is the unending self-existent God, this also means that He is self-sufficient. Now, I absolutely love the fact that God does not need me. And that He does not need you. Here's why I love it. He is infinite and independent of His creation. Now, y'all hang tight with me. Psalm 90 tells us this, verses 1-4. through This shows our unending, infinite, self-existing, self-sufficient God. Lord, Thou hast been our dwelling place in all generations. What's all generations? It's all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, 
or even or, or ever thou hadst formed the earth and the world, even before creation, even from everlasting to everlasting, He is God. Thou art God. He is unending, and I can trust Him because of it. Thou turnest man to destruction and savest. Return ye children of men for a thousand years, and thy sight are but as yesterday when it is past, and as a watch in the night. Yesterday is nothing to the Lord. A whole day is nothing to Him. Infinity, eternity is nothing to God. Which means because He's unending, because He's self-sufficient, because He's self-existent, I can trust Him because I know I am none of those things. You say, well, if He's self-sufficient, why does He tell Moses, I'm going to use you? Because that's what God does. God uses the weak to confound the strong. He uses the unworthy to confound the ones that feel they're worthy. He uses the unwise to confound the wise. And all of these things, because they declare and reveal all the more our desperate need to know God for who He is, what He is like, what He has done, what He is doing, and what He will do, that we would simply respond as Moses would have to do time and time again. Yes, Lord. But even Moses later on in Exodus in another 30 chapters is going to come to the place where he says, God, I want more. Show me your glory. He can remember back to that moment in the burning bush when God first revealed Himself. And can you imagine this? Could you imagine God lighting that bush on fire this morning and yet not being consumed? I can't either. I wouldn't forget it either. And Moses said at a point in his life, I want more than that. And God would grant to him all the more of revelation. Why? So that Moses would trust him more. Not just so Moses would know more about him. An author puts it this way about God being unending, self-existing, self-sufficient. He needs no one. But when faith is present, He works through anyone. Amen and hallelujah to that. If that was not true, I wouldn't be up here and you wouldn't be out there or you wouldn't do what you do for the Lord. None of us can do anything for the Lord outside of faith and the Lord's Word and work in it. If we want to know Christ and make Him known, we must simply believe God. Secondly, God is unchanging. I am that I am. I am hath sent me unto you. Tell him that. Tell him the I am. The unending, unchanging God. If God had an end, I couldn't trust Him. And if God changed, I couldn't trust Him. You know why I can't trust me? Because I change my mind, my clothes, my feelings, my thoughts, my emotions. You know why we can't change why we can't trust our own selves? Because we constantly change and are changed by outward things. But there is no thing 
and no one that can change God's nature or character. When he says, I am that I am, that means he will always be, always is, and always was that God. If God changed, you and I would be ruined. If God changed in his divine nature or character, meaning this, if God changed who he is, what he is like, what he has done, what he is doing, what he will do, we would be ruined. But God will never change who he is or ever be inconsistent in his character. I can say, by God's grace today, that I am saved, I know Jesus Christ. Can you say that today? Praise the Lord if you can. But with that very same breath, I can also say that even as a saved soul, many times I out, I act outside of character. I don't always act saved. I don't always think saved. I don't always live saved. But you're the pastor. I know. And that's why I need God. That's why we need Him. Because He's never inconsistent. God is not wrath and love this moment to this moment. He is those things all the time. All that God is, He is completely and perfectly. And all that I am is imperfect and incomplete. And that's why I must trust Christ daily. Nothing is more encouraging to Moses than to know that God won't change. Because God had said, I'm going to do this. That means no matter what the Egyptians do, I will deliver you. No matter what the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, Jebusites, remember what they do, I'll deliver you. And the great truth behind this as well is no matter even what you do, Moses, I will deliver my people. <clears throat> God's word is unchanging. His work and His will reveal Himself to us. And because He does not change, I can trust Him. Great is His faithfulness. Malachi 3.6 tell us, God speaking, For I am the Lord. I change not. Does God change? No. Is God the Lord? Yes. How do I know? He revealed it. How do you apply Malachi 3.6? Faith. Grace reveals Faith responds. Lord, You are the Lord, and there is no other. God, You don't change. This is Your Word. This is Your promise. This is Your work. This is Your desire. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. Why would Moses not be consumed? Why would Israel not be consumed? Why would the church not be consumed? Why would Pastor Joe not be consumed? Because the Lord is the Lord and changeth not. James 1.17 Every good and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights 
with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Thou changest not thy compassions, they fail not. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Today, the conclusion is this. It's responding to God's revealing. Moses and Israel can receive by faith both comfort and confidence that the I Am is unending and unchanging. You and I can receive both comfort and confidence knowing that the I Am is unending and unchanging. Let me ask you this morning. What problem, what trial, what sin in your life is as unending as God? What trial of yours will just never, ever end? Oh, it'll end one day. What sin in your life will just never end? It'll end one day. What circumstance in your life will just never end? It will end. And God remains. What change or challenge in your life changes who God is? What action, what thought, what emotion, what feeling that you have changes the nature and character of God? Is there anything? Anything? Nothing. So what do we do with that revealing? We must trust Him by faith. Jesus Christ, by the way, is the revealer of who God is, what God is like, what God has done, what God is doing, and what God shall do. Hebrews 13.8, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus found Himself in some trouble when the Pharisees came and the people who are all the experts of the law and the very Word of God come and they say, well, you think that you're greater than Abraham? You know what Jesus said? Before Abraham was, He doesn't say, I was. He says, I am. Ego a me. I, I am. The same word spoken by Jesus to Moses. I am. And you know what they wanted to do? They wanted to stone him that day. They wanted to kill him that day. Because they believed he had blasphemed. Instead, what was Jesus saying? I am the I am. Jesus would say it seven different times in John. I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the door of the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and life. I am the way, the truth, and life. I am the true vine. Because Jesus is the I am, He is all that we need. Because Jesus is the I am, I must trust Him. I want to share with you an older hymn by Horatius Bonar. I hear the words of love. I gaze upon the blood. I see the mighty sacrifice and I have peace with God. Tis everlasting peace. 
sure as Jehovah's name. Tis stable as his steadfast throne, forevermore the same. That clouds may go and come and storms may sweep my sky. This blood-sealed friendship changes not. The cross is ever nigh. I change, he changes not. The Christ can never die. His love, not mine, the resting place. His truth, not mine, the tie. My love is oft times low. My joy still ebbs and flows. But peace with him remains the same. No change, Jehovah knows. God said, I am that I am. Tell them I am sent me unto you. Verse 15, and we're done. God said moreover unto Moses. I love what the Lord does. When God reveals and man responds by faith, God reveals some more. The reason why you might not be getting ahead in the Christian life or knowing God more is not because God is not revealing. It's because we're not responding by faith. The more we say yes to the Lord, the more we respond and put our trust and dependence upon Him, the more revelation He starts to give. That's the reason why in a church like this, you'll have some who are still this big in Christ. And you'll have others who are this big. You'll have others that are still needing to be swaddled. Because God is always revealing, but we must always be responding. And here's what God says. I'm going to reveal myself some more. He says, tell them this. Thus thou sh- uh, shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, the Lord, as Jehovah, the ruler, the God, the Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has sent me unto you, and now focus on this. This is my name forever, unending and unchanging. This is my memorial unto all generations. That's today as well, is it not? All generations. God says, this is who I am. This is what I'm like. This is what I've done. This is what I'm doing. This is what I will do. What will we do about that? God's grace reveals Himself to us. Why? For our good. So that we respond by faith and know Him. What's your life look like today? Do you feel as if God's not revealing Himself to you? If that's the case, find yourself back at a simple faith. Even a faith like Moses that doesn't say no to God, but simply will be willing to say, who am I? Let's all stand this morning. We've got an invitation hymn. As we sing this song, this altar is going to be open. Hymn number, what number, Bridget? 596. Today, if you need Christ, come. As He has revealed Himself to you, put your trust in Him and be saved today. Today, if you are saved, and you've gotten a little bit more revealing of who God is and what He's like, would you respond now by faith and watch the Lord use you and your life today? Let's all sing. 
I surrender all. All to Jesus I 